Alright, back here on the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spin the 1 and 2's 877-37-GRIND is your number um, Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios uh, So the Final Four is pretty much set So we'll kind of break down more of the matchups Come, um, you know, the, when we get to Thursday, Friday Before we get to the weekend They resume in H-Town But I think it's UConn's to lose. I think UConn, if they play their best, they beat everybody else at their best. Um, as right now, I think Florida Atlantic is going to beat San Diego State. Um, and then I'll let you know for sure which way I'm leaning on that Miami-UConn by the time we get out of here Friday. We talked about Alabama. How about Houston? Also going down in the Sweet 16. Well, yeah. Where, I, where do you think that puts them? Well, I just think, you know, ever since their best player got hurt and hadn't been 100%, they've been a different team. But Houston has played a lot of close games all year, even that conference. I mean, they, they, they were number one. They held the number one team in the AP twice this year, I think minimum twice. But, you know, when you looked at Houston all year, it's not like they were blowing and steamrolling people. You know, I think definitely his team a few years ago, Samson's team a few years ago is better than this one was. So it wasn't a shock to me that they they were going to go out. I mean, I had them in the bracket. I mean, I put them as a deep run just on the outside just because I'm like, well, you know, Houston, they could probably just their path. I saw them being able to outshoot people in defense. But, you know, that was a prayer when they got exit, you know, that was, you know, that it's Alabama losing, you know, to San Diego State is more of a surprise and a shocker to me than Houston getting ousted, you know. But, again, that program has still been going the right way. Uh, you know, Samson, you know, I don't I don't think he has, time, uh, you know, any thoughts of slowing down any soon. So, they've been able to recruit Texas pretty good. So, they, I don't think they're going anywhere for the yeah. most part. And that's momentum going to the Big 12 now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's definitely going to be a different – the different breed, I think, can go into the Big 12. And, like I said, with Gonzaga, if they ever, you know um, – Re-enter those talks of possibilities for a Gonzaga program or, you know, University of Houston is that you're just going to be it's going to affect your seating in the tournament because these are going to be tougher conferences. You're going to see tougher competition throughout your regular conference schedule than you would be respectively in Gonzaga's conference or currently what Houston's conference is now. That's going to be the di- that's going to be the difference for both of them. <clears throat> I mean, we don't know if Gonzaga's ever doing it, but I think Gonzaga if it's not the Big 12 somewhere. Gonzaga needs to join another conference, a real basketball conference, a tougher con I shouldn't say real basketball conference. They need to join a tougher basketball conference. Because they only got one thing left to do in Gonzaga as long as he's there, and that is try to win a national title. They keep knocking on the doors close. They've been to the finals one time. Um, you know, this is this is their – well, I think it's at least two. But they were just in the finals a few years ago against Baylor. But the only thing left for them to do while he's there is win the whole thing. And I think to do that, I think if you – and the telling sign of it is, like I said, no one's talking about it, but it's the way they get beat down. I mean, they got beat down with Baylor. They didn't even look like they belonged in the same court as Baylor did a few years ago. That UConn game, <laughs> out of the first maybe two, three minutes of the ball game, after that, they did not look like they belonged in the same court as UConn. And Timmy looked like, I mean, you know, Stan Van Gundy was slurping him every telecast about his footwork. 
You know, if you coaching youth out there, if you coaching a <clears throat> get a tape of Timmy's in his footwork, okay, yes. But Timmy looked Tim, Timmy didn't look real small. He looked small against Baylor a couple years ago, and he came up small against UConn. They need tougher competition throughout the college basketball, or this is going to happen to them. In my opinion, this is going to happen to them every time they run again, up against a hell of a team from a tougher conference. That's what's going to happen. Because despite what everybody thinks, there's only a certain type of player you're getting to come play to Gonzaga anyway. He's only has a pool of where he's recruiting from that much. Yeah, you might find a, a Timmy, a, you know, a Chet and one. This. Then you find a couple other guys that if they play in the NBA, they're going to be like maybe role players. So, again, I'm just i done with the Gonzaga thing. I really am. I mean, until they go and do it. But every year, it never fails. They're going to be the sexy tournament pick for analysts, people that fill out brackets. They're going to be, and nobody wants to talk about it. They got steamrolled, man. Like, can you imagine, before we move on, because I want to get to this Lamar situation, but if you, if you just imagine, <clears throat> look at how we treated Notre Dame in college football when they got in the playoffs. And they got steamrolled in the national title game a few years ago against Alabama. Then they got in again, and they got steamrolled. Who was the steamroll? Was it Georgia? Somebody. I don't know who just got them the second time in the semis or the final. So we can like, man, Notre Dame, everybody, they take it to a spot. Can they do this and this and this? And Gonzaga just gets a pass, in my opinion. And, and because their coach is likable. He's a hell of a coach. He's, he, I mean, he's he's been there a long-ass time. He's kind of He could have left a few times. But he stayed. And then I got respect for that. But the truth of the matter is, I believe when we get to this time of the year, they get steamrolled. Nobody wants to bring it up in regards to, you know, look, are, are they really are they really competitive when you talk about putting them against the Big 12 or a Big East team or an SEC team? And that's the question. And I don't think it's changing until they play a tougher regular season schedule and a tougher conference. 877-37 grind. All right, let's switch gears here to the National Football League and the other story that was big today that kind of hijacked the news. And that was uh, Lamar Jackson's tweet. In regards to letting his fans, the city of Baltimore, Ravens country, Twitter followers, he wanted to set the record straight and let everybody know this timeline and where he said, do you have his tweet up in front of what did Lamar Jackson uh, go ahead and say, Jonas? All right. Yeah, we got a little lengthy one here. So bear mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. I want to first thank you all for all of the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing and I appreciate y'all so much. I want you to all to know. Uh, not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens or the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that's met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Trues. Um, okay, so of course that hit like wildfire, wildfire and that spread. And this is the way I look at it. And this is me like I always like to do is read between the lines the best I can and give it to you from my point of view. 
Lamar, that's that's kind of Lamar saying that finally, like, enough is enough. Meaning that I've been telling you, we've been talking about it on the show that I feel all the well. We are he turned down two hundred million fully guaranteed. I told you I felt like that came from the Ravens. Okay. Um, also, the 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 whole deal about you know Lamar has to this guy this agent only talk to Lamar. Don't talk to this other guy that's representing. Evidently, the Ravens, whoever, let it be known, they've kind of called in, tattletailed in this way. My point is, everything negative that's being leaked and everything out is basically coming from the Ravens. So finally, Lamar says, and most athletes in these days and times, they can do this. They have social media, they have Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever. They can go on any social media platform, podcast, and they can say exactly what they want to say and control the narrative. Aaron Rodgers did it for two years on the Pat McAfee show. That whole segment that he did was pretty much to control his narrative with the Packers for over two years. Back to Lamar. So Lamar finally cracked and Lamar finally said, hey, you know what, man, I'm going to address and instead of running by and liking people's comments or, you know, saying, hey, that's not true. He decided to go take his take time, put his words together and put it out there and also to put the goal to put the Ravens on the defense now, because now Lamar has put it out like, hey, y'all want to leak stuff? Y'all want to say this and that? Then I'll go and put it out that, yeah, on March the 2nd, I asked for a trade. Now, quickly after he tweeted this, not even within an hour, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh is responding. And just paraphrasing what he said, I mean, it's all, oh, well, Lamar's, when he's all back on the train, and this train's getting ready to go, and yada, yada, yada. Pretty much. It's, it's worth noting that Lamar timely sent his tweet because Harbaugh was already set to speak to the media. Okay, that's fine. Nice strategic. So that's it wasn't fine too. a response. Okay. Well, no. What I'm saying is Harbaugh responded to. Right. I'm just saying he didn't run to a mic. That that's all I'm trying to to, to make sure that it's understood that <sighs> Lamar didn't tweet this out, and then Harbaugh has to run to a mic. Well, no, that's fine. But I mean, at the end of the day, he responded to him. And and the truth of it is, is that Lamar, the Ravens have been taking advantage. Of Lamar's heartstring, they've been pulling on his heartstring, dude. The, even in his comment with the Twitter, they he said, "Hey, I want to help a team win a Super Bowl." Everybody knows I love football. They know Lamar Jackson really loves that organization. But what they've done is being true to their model with the Ravens, because I see the Ravens side of this, sticking through their model and what they've done as a franchise, and they've been very successful. Like I told you, they're one of the few uh, franchises I can think of that hasn't really gone through a real blow-up rebuild, and they've stayed competitive. Okay? So they're sticking true to that. So with by doing that, they've been pretty much taking advantage of Lamar Jackson, and finally Lamar said, enough is enough. And I'm going to let the cat out the bag and let people know, let it be known that I want out of here. Now, the trickle effect of this is, is it puts, and I put Lamar on that list, man. He's one of those that if he really wants to be gone, the Ravens are not in a situation where they're going to sit there and say, well, you know what? We got you to tag that we just find you. Then don't come to camp, sit out then. They're not. They're not going to hijack their season and they're not going to hijack the organization. That's just not what the Ravens do. Their fan base won't tolerate it. They're a very educated, smart fan base up there. They're not going to do it. And so, therefore, if Lamar really wants out and this can't be reconciled, which I don't think it can, they've got to move him. Now, the question is going to be, because and before I go into that, you brought up uh, something to my attention 
on Chris Mortensen, a tweet that he put out there, which I want to I want to touch on this as well before we get into possibilities of how this could play out. But what did Chris Morton Chris Mortensen say? Uh, yeah, tweeting this morning, uh, Chris Mortensen reported on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, uh, a, a few teams, and he parentheses uh, owners included, have discussed Jackson's case. One team was hesitant regarding number of games and snaps and practices missed the last two to three years versus money invested. Also wonder whether his sleep habits and nutrition contribute to his absences. Nobody speaks ill of his character. Uh, Old Mort is part of the old school journalism. And he's part of the old school money owners that own these teams. And they have called on Mort to put out the narrative to counteract to what Lamar has put out there in regards to the Ravens. Okay. Even though it has nothing to do with these other guys that Chris Mortensen is talking to band of brothers, they stick together. And I told you, no one's crossing the picket line all the way until it is agreed upon. It's fair game to do so. The bottom line is I said this Friday, and I'm going to say it again. This is bigger than Lamar, and this is bigger than the Ravens' season. This is about the future of contracts and the state of the NFL and the control that they want to maintain over the end of, over the players. If the players can't win it through a CBA negotiation, the owners are damned that they're going to win it because of Haslam or one organization or one org. Uh, owner being so desperate for a quarterback that he went out and just went rogue and did this on his own. They're trying to reel it back. This is all this is about. Now, eventually, there's going to have to be a resolution to this because, like I said, the Ravens are not going to sit there and they, and in my opinion, they can't afford to sit there to play the wait out game with Lamar. If he wants out, they've got to, they've got to entertain some calls and the league's got to get together and what is going to be the contract when you trade for him? What are you going to sign him to? And that's going to have to be agreed upon. Now, CBS Sports had top 11 landing spots. I mean, CBCs are some of the spots that Jonas and I have already kind of went over. Not all of them, but for the most part, we've been talking about the potentials that are pretty much on that list that kind of makes sense. Now, all eyes, including the desert, and all the eyes are circling around the Indianapolis Colts. And that's being linked that a lot of people feel that makes the most sense for Lamar Jackson. Now, this is the question that I have. Now, Steichen the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, he came out this morning because, you know, you have these meetings that are taking place uh, between the owners this this week. And you already have reporters that cover the team, that travel with teams. They're down there. They're down in Arizona. They're all meeting. So you're getting these coaches in relaxed atmospheres. Like it's not a press conference where you got to sit there. You got to follow up. You got too many. Okay, next question. We're going to take a. These are lucky reporters that get to sit with these guys in a relaxed setting. You get to have follow-up conversations, and this is what's coming about, and this is what's taking out, taking place. So Steichen has already came out to say, look, Garden Minshew is going to have an opportunity to start. You know, we brought him in there just for, I thought, the case would be. He'd been with them for two years. He said, hey, look, he set some records in Jacksonville, you know, threw for 11 touchdowns his rookie year at Jacksonville. Then he came with us a couple years. So, yeah, he knows the system. He's going to have an opportunity to start. Now – 
I told you, be careful about what you believe in, about what's being reported and what's being leaked out, because it's always a chess game instead of checkers. Now, I believe Steichen when he says that, but this is the question I have for the Indianapolis Colts, because they're the betting favorite behind the Ravens where Lamar is going to be playing next year. And this is the steam that the reporters are picking up in this. OK, look, the Colts have the fourth pick overall. Okay. Remember, I told you there was a report last week that saying, well, the Colts, not, they're not too sold on this class in regards to quarterbacks. And I told you, I think if that is true, and Chris Ballard put that out, which is the general manager of the Colts, they're lying their ass off, and he's just scared to take a swing. He, it's like, yo, you got to go draft one of these guys if you're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson. Because I can look at this two ways. If they, if they pursue Lamar Jackson and they get him, I could technically call this a cop-out on Chris Ballard. Because it's like, yeah, because you didn't want to take a chance at that fourth pick to pick one of these guys. You didn't want to take a, tra a chance to trade up. I mean, you let Carolina and your former head coach leapfrog you. You didn't want to go that way. So now the only way that you can probably have it safe is say, yeah, we like Lamar better than anybody else that we would draft in there. Now, granted, they would be at four because they're looking at Young will be gone by then. Stroud would be gone by then. So technically, is Lamar better than who would be left for us to draft at fourth? And I will continue that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. You can call it your lucky partner, maybe you can call it your adjective. But odd as it may be, without my one and two, where would there be my three? All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's 
highest peak. Pilsen whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. Pilsen whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, the PRCA, and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. That is Pilsen whiskey, official whiskey of the Sports Grind, and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right. So back to my point wrapping up with old Mort. You know, to me, to sit there and get information from owners and executives to put out there that now people, there's some teams that's concerned with, <clears throat> excuse me, his sleep habits, the amount of rest he's getting, and his diet. That might contribute to his durability and his injuries. To me, that's such hogwash. That's such hogwash. And it's a bunch of crap. When have we ever heard anything like this? <clears throat> Excuse me, about Lamar Jackson. You gotta remind you gotta remember. And I just keep going back to, for one, how much money is at stake and what this is really about. The owners will go out all out at no cost. Now, Kyle Murray, the organization is the one to be let it be known. He might not be putting in the work that he should at that position. We are questioning if he's really studying the playbook and everything that the way he should. They put that out there. But what did the organization do when they got back, when Colin Murray started getting backlash and getting bullets thrown at him, darts thrown at him? What did they do? Oh, well, we didn't really meant that. Oh, you know, that's not really what that. Oh, you know, by the way, here goes an extension. Here's a makeup. Sorry, baby, I didn't mean to upset you. I didn't mean to do that. Let's go shopping. That's what that move was. And look at the situation they got him in. They got an injured quarterback that's not going to be ready for the start of the season that they just gave some guaranteed money to. That don't even really know the new coach that they just inherited or got really wants to rock with the dude anyway. So to me, if you look at what I believe in Arizona's situation, it didn't really come. I believe this came more about somebody on the lower levels and the Cardinals organization has heard gossips and, and, and internal conversations about <clears throat> how serious Colin Murray's taking it. And then that kind of leaked out that go. This thing with the Baltimore, this thing about to a Chris Morton, and they're talking about executives. Say, this is coming from the Ravens up top. Because they're trying to break this kid's, this, this young man, he's not a kid, I should say young man. He, they're trying to break this young man's spirit. They're trying to break this young man's spirit and will. Because he's, he hasn't gone through this yet in his life before where it's like they're trying to turn him into, and the NFL and the owners have him public enemy one because you're fighting for something that we're trying to eradicate. And that's the fact of that you think in the National Football League, you can get a fully guaranteed contract. And that's why I go back to the notion that the people that think that he would have had this deal done already if he just had hired an agent, that's bull crap. I disagree with that. 
He could have had Drew Rosenhaus that has a client list that has negotiated billions of dollars worth of NFL contracts in his career in the B's. And he could have Drew Rosenhaus. And what I believe this is about, Drew still wouldn't have had this deal done. The only way Drew or any agent would have had this deal done already representing Lamar, if they would have went and convinced Lamar to buy down and take a little bit less or go this way, let's meet the owners this way. But if Lamar was like, nah, this is what I want, evidently this is what he's doing, because they've been negotiating this for 22 months. If this is Lamar just saying, hey, this is just what it is, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, whoever else you want to say that would not have this um, deal done. They wouldn't have. So that's why I don't really buy into that narrative too much. This is bigger than Lamar. And the question goes back to the Indianapolis Colts, what we were talking about before we went to break. What I want to put out there is the fact that if you are indie, you could be looking at it like, hey, man, we didn't trade up. Carolina leapfrog us. We know the Texans are looking for a quarterback. So technically, we're going to be picking the third quarterback in this draft if Arizona doesn't do anything screwy and Seattle doesn't do anything, having to move up a little bit with trade with Arizona, which I doubt it because you're trading within division. I don't think that's going to happen. But the reality of it is they could be looking at, hey, Lamar's better than what we'll be left with after Stroud and Young. Okay, that's fine. Or is it better for the Colts? And we all, it's well documented of what they've gone through in the quarterback situation since Andrew Luck retired that last preseason game a few years ago. But the reality is, is that could the Colts look at it like, well, we could take this quarterback. If we go and draft a young quarterback and we go in the season with Garden Minshew and then we believe in this coach Steichen, this is the guy, he's coming from a winning organization in Philly. <clears throat> Played in the Super Bowl. Look what he's done with Hurts. If we can find a young guy in the draft, even if Garden Minshew has to go start the whole season and then build a team and try to win on that rookie contract. Because if you trade, if, let me tell you something. If the Colts would get Lamar, and because I don't believe the Ravens, even and the Ravens know what they want and they know what they know if they're going to match or not. And I think at this point, since Lamar's requested a trade, they're not going to match. But they kind of know what this number is going to be at. But my point is, they're not going to trade him within the conference cheap. I bet you it takes more than just the CBA standard two first round picks to get him to Indy in conference. Now, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, Indy's very enticing to you because they have the fourth pick. You've hired a new offensive coordinator that can probably coach two different styles. He can come up with a plan for Lamar Jackson or he can come up with some plan for a new rookie or how the fact that it might play out. But if you are the Baltimore Ravens, you are looking at Indy at that four, and that's very enticing. But you're going to say, yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take the one in 2024 and the one in 2025. And whatever else we sprinkle on there, maybe a number two, whatever. If it is Indy, they're going to play a pretty penny. And I would still, I know what the desert's telling me. I know what the talk is and everybody's pointing to Indy. I still have to see it and believe, to see it with my own eyes to believe it. 
that their Indianapolis Colts would make Lamar Jackson the face of the franchise, and number two, that Ursay is going to pay that kind of money and whatever amount, because he's got to get something guaranteed. It might not be all fully, but Lamar Jackson is going to have a big chunk of his contract guaranteed for somebody. So it would have to prove, I would have to see it to believe it that Ursay would pay that kind of guaranteed money to a quarterback. It's going to be intriguing. 877-37-GRIND. But that Chris, that Mort's tweet right there, I mean, it's just continued just dirty, dirty pool all the way through. But I think what you saw today is Lamar Jackson hitting a breaking point and saying, I'm going to let Ravens Nation and the football world know this is my timeline and this is what I requested in general, because to sit there and say he requested a trade on March the 2nd and today is the 27th and that's 20 days in between, you know, requesting a trade or excuse me, that's 25 days in between requesting a trade. And we haven't really heard confirmation about this until Lamar put it out there. Then what are the Ravens? What are they waiting for then? Then what they want to do, because in most point is like if you're not going to give them the money and you don't want to give them the fully guaranteed contract because this is just not what Baltimore does. This is not how we operate business. Then trade them. If this is legit, if this isn't like if Calvin's theory and Carl's theory is all off base and this is all on the up and up and this is just about, oh, man, he he only gets three hours of sleep at night. Uh, you know, he eats too many candy bars. He has hot sugar, and that's why his bones are breaking. If it's not really about that, man, which I don't think it is, then trade him then if he requested it on the second and you don't want to meet his demands. Most other teams would do it. I think the thing that's really holding this up is that there hasn't been a public offer made yet. Because once an offer is made, and if Lamar's camp accepts that, then Baltimore just has all they all got to do is match it, and if that isn't a hundred percent guaranteed, then Baltimore gets what they wanted in the end, which is getting Lamar Jackson back on a non fully guaranteed contract. Which is why, as go back to our conversation as we ended last week, in order for Lamar to go to another team, somebody's gonna have to go and give do do. What you're saying nobody else should do, they're going to have to break the ranks. Well, I'm not saying nobody else should do it. I want Lamar to get his money. I mean, I mean, from my standpoint. From an owner's from, standpoint, from, from, from you a, don't think they should do that. Well, from an owner's standpoint, it's not that I don't think they should. I don't think they will. I, I do feel like it's, it's bigger at stake that this is really because now, you know, one is luck. Two, you're starting to get into, you know, maybe somewhat a trend. If, if you get two guaranteed fully contracts by quarterbacks – in the last in a two year span, the it's the the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, you can't you're not going to win that back in CBA negotiations, and you're not going to win that back in public opinion. I mean, you're that's just going to be the standard the way we do business now. It's the same way these quarterback contracts escalated year after year, year after year, year. I mean, I remember when we were talking about eighteen to twenty million dollars being what a year for a quarterback, and look where we're at now. We're like in the forties, in the fifties. And that's only escalated. That's escalated in a matter of, I would say, maybe, what, about seven seasons, eight seasons tops? So, you know, look, it, it's, it's it, it, to me, I, you make per, I understand what you're saying. 
I get what you're trying to say. Hey, Calvin, look, if he's going to leave the Ravens, that means that basically an owner crossed the picket line and gave him a fully and offered a fully guaranteed contract. If he's going to leave it now with the um, under the fran- the non-exclusive franchise tag where he is, eventually owners are going to have to accept this fact, too, that you might not be able to trade your star. If they're, if they're going to make this demand of a fully guaranteed contract, this is what I want. Okay, if they're going to make that demand, then the owner might have to understand that they're not going to they they're going to have to just release him. Let Lamar Jackson sit a, sit a, a year away from football. Not on a because you'll see how much he really wants it at that point. If he really wants to play football, he'll sign for some for somebody somewhere and then it's up to the owners to not break rings because then Lamar's not getting anything he wants. He's not on right now he's on a roster. At that point, if you release him outright, he's not on a roster. Joe Burrow pulls this next year. Hey, I want a fully guaranteed contract. Otherwise, I'm not playing. I don't don't tag me. Don't first tag all, me. I don't want that. I think. I think. First of all, I hear you. But I, first of all, let me tell you something. There's n- under no circumstances the Ravens are going to outright release Lamar Jackson. And I'm going to tell you for one because there's just no way you're doing that. And number two, if you do that. You're just screaming and leaving more blood drops everywhere on the crime scene. You're screaming that this is collusion and this is a fixed fight. There's, there's Lamar Jackson, I believe, is 26 years old, a former NFL MVP, a guy that has won a division and has won at least one playoff game, a guy that everybody knows that Ravens hasn't gone all out to give him, really surround him with really talented guys to throw to. So we don't really know what Lamar's passing skills at because he outside of a top tight end, he's had nobody. So my point is, is that if you if the Ravens, they're not going to do this, but if they would outright release them, him after then putting kind of shocking some people, surprising people, giving first off the un you know, exclusive tag. And then you go out just because, hey, man, he he said on the second he wanted to trade it. We can't do this. The owners we're just going to go in and teach Lamar a lesson and we're going to outright release him. No. Because there's always that chance that, yes, somebody would come to offer him. And that's when I said Friday, say, look, if I am representing Lamar, I say, look, man, this is what we're going to try to do. Let's just go ahead and sign a two-year deal for $100 million. You get 50 a year. Go prove yourself. Go whoever that's with. Go play that. And then at that time, you're still at that time 28, 29. You haven't even hit 30 yet. You can still go ahead and negotiate one small two-year contract and get you some generational wealth. And then by the time you hit 29, if you stay healthy, at the end of the day, you're now you're talking about your four or five-year deal. The meat of will still be a big contract because you're not even entering basically your prime yet. Look at the amount of money that basically, whether it was dumb, whether it was stupid, bought a lemon, no matter what you say, look at the money that basically Russell Wilson was able to get. Somebody was going to give Russell that contract, whether it was Denver or whoever else. Now, you're looking at that and saying, oh, I don't know, man. Russ looks bad or we got to go give up a kill. We got to get the one guy that can fix him. Regardless, somebody was going to give Russ that contract. Lamar Jackson, there is no way under any circumstances whatsoever that the Ravens will outright release him. I don't care how long this drags on. Be prepared that this could drag on all the way till draft night and even even beyond draft night. Because then if you look at it, you can see where this thing shakes out. What did the Colts really decide to do? Maybe it's one of those things. And if you're Baltimore, then you probably want to wait. If Indy's the target and you're going to move this dude that's an MVP that's not even his prime, this used to be unheard of. First of all, it damn sure doesn't happen within the division. 
But Lamar Jackson, even though he hasn't won a Super Bowl, he hasn't played in one yet. This is a position and a type of talent to where if you want to move him, if I'm the Ravens, I'm talking to Atlanta. I'm talking to NFC teams that might be picking in the top 10. If the Colts are the target, and I'm talking about their fourth, we're going to end up going a lot more for that because I'm trading him within conference. A team that I've got to go see him to get through the Super Bowl now. But if you are the Ravens, that number four overall is looking mighty tasty. Because it's not that you got to say, well, who is it, Huntley? Is this uh, back? Yeah, yeah but okay. even he free agency. I haven't seen that he gotten picked Okay, up, well, it's not a situation of where if you're the Ravens, like, well, damn it, we got to trade Lamar. Now we've got to wait, and we got to wait to try to find a guy next year. We got No, you got a trade partner that needs to dance, needs a partner that needs a quarterback, and evidently their GM is a little skittish of taking a swing on a young guy. Because I'm believe i starting to believe Ballard, Ballard knows that's the one thing that's going to do him in. The only reason why maybe besides Ursay just being cheap, the other thing that's saving Chris Ballard in Indy is the fact that he's sitting there looking at, well, hey, you know what? Chris Ballard tells Ursay, well, look, man, I took this job because of Andrew Luck. He ain't here. I took this job with Andrew Luck. Hey, we went to Phillip Rivers. We got this guy. But if you draft one of these young guys, I don't care who it is, uh, Levitz, you know, Anderson, Young, it doesn't matter. If you draft, they're linked to you now. Like I said, Sam Ellinger doesn't count. I'm talking about when you're taking at four, a first-round, fourth overall pick as a quarterback, and maybe Chris Ballard don't want that smoke. Now he's trying to sit there and convince Ursa, hey, man, this is it. Him and Steichen is probably, this is it. Because Ballard knows if you can just pay for this, if you're willing to pay the freight, Jim, Ursa, then this could solve our problems. But I'd have to see it to believe it that they're going to go from Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck to Lamar Jackson. And that organization there. I have to see it with my own eyes to believe it. Well, we have reports that the Patriots might also be in the mix now. Well, that's a nice segue because I definitely wanted to talk about some comments that Bill Belichick had made. Again, you get these guys in meetings and winter meetings, coaches, they sit there in relaxed atmosphere. They get real candid and they give answers back. I want to talk about that, what you just said, and some comments from him. And we'll circle around some more to some NFL news before we circle back to basketball. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.